this ideological liberalism which you are against uh, seeks to dictate our foreign policy and dominate our religious and charitable institutions. This is what it says. Tyranny is the result at home and abroad. So don't want these kind of interventions in our religious and charitable institutions. But what about the other way around? When, what about when the United States sends evangelists to other countries? Isn't that intervening in their religious fabric? It, it's something that has to take place in a very delicate fashion. I, I, I'll clarify that I'm a Catholic, and so I can only really speak from the yeah. Catholic right. Church's perspective, which, which, which is interesting because it's sort of a supranational institution. It doesn't claim allegiance to any one country. There are countries which historically have been more Catholic uh, than others, but, but it views its, its own place as not being attached to any one nation. So actually, as a Catholic, there needs to be a healthy distance from nationalism, understanding uh, that, that you have a, a duty for patriotism for your own culture, where you grew up in, um, but you also have a duty to uh, the idea that all humans are, are brothers and sisters. But, you know, there is a very aggressive evangelism also. I can believe it. Yeah. Uh, my American Christian friends, when I tell them what some of the evangelists are doing in India to convert, they think this is not even Christianity. This is sort of, this is not what we as Christians want to be doing, to go to somebody else's place and be very hostile to them and take advantage of the, uh, the you know, Christians in India, uh, contrary to the propaganda you will hear in this country, uh, while they are 3% of the population, have a hugely large percentage of the land and assets and wealth and premier jobs. So they've done very well. If you look at the social, social economic uh, you know, breakdown of different faiths, uh, Hindus are in the middle, Christians are the best you know, educated and, and, and wealthy and jobs and amount of land they own and Muslims are below. So Christians have no real reason to be complaining because they've done very well. And uh, we, you know, we've had uh, Christians right at the top of the government many times. So yet whining and getting uh, the Western church is sort of very heavy-handed approach to evangelize and evangelize in a very harsh way. Evangelize sort of like knock them down. I've only, I've only been to India once in my life and that okay. was about six or seven years ago. So I'm afraid that I really can't speak okay. to any of those details. Sure. Um, sure. No, not from your personal experience, but from the experience of policy. I mean, because if the policy, if the policy that your organization says is that foreign policy, uh, those who dictate foreign policy and dominate our religious and charitable institutions create tyranny, well, the same thing, you know, from a point of view of somebody in India would say, why are people based elsewhere coming and interfering with our religious institutions? Sorry, are there concerns about sort of Christian tyranny? Christians coming and uh, and having a disproportionate amount of power compared to their their population, uh, a disproportionate amount of land. You know, a lot of land was given to the church during the British times. So some of the most prestigious land, high value land in the inner cities belongs to Christian institutions, churches and, and so on. And now with the foreign funding, a whole lot of money coming from overseas, United States included, you know, the, the Christian army to go and aggressively evangelize is well funded. And so this creates uh, cultural tensions that we should come back maybe and discuss in more detail because I'd like to have your views on it. Yeah, so I mean we can address it now if okay. you like as well. So I'll, I'll say this, I mean the, the Catholic Church I think has a very fair-minded approach towards evangelization. As a Catholic, you know, one of the basic things at the end of St. Matthew's Gospel, Christ asks us to go forth and share the Gospel. 
So, you know, I, I would see it as sort of a betrayal of my own faith if there wasn't an element of wanting to share that. But sharing doesn't have to be uh, aggressive knocking down. He didn't say go and uh, yeah. break their idols and demolish this. He didn't do that. Uh, no, I, I agree. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take an aggressive approach. Yes. Um, you know, I, I am someone who feels drawn towards uh, the life of the mind. And so my, my, my approach is one of trying to learn and study and exchange ideas and hope that people see the truth. The Catholic Church uh, in its history did a lot of harm to many people and the, the Vatican apologized. They apologized for the blacks, right? They apologized for the Inquisition. They apologized for, uh, to the uh, Native Americans. The Vatican has apologized. But they've never apologized for the Goa Inquisition, which was a huge inquisition done by the Catholic Church in Goa. And it's very well documented. Uh, where they were, the, the Inquisition was... This is the, the Synod of Diampur, right, in 1599, where the Portuguese came and, and the said Portuguese, to the, the, the Portuguese Syriac did. Christians yes. that they should burn some of their documents and right. so forth. The, the, the Portuguese Christians did some, some of the most violent crimes against humanity in India. And the Vatican has never apologized for that. I don't have a full, again, full historical knowledge to know. What I do know is about the Synod of, of Diampur... And, uh, you know, I, for example, think that's the wrong approach to evangelization because I think that the Catholic Church is greatly benefited from the variety of rites that we have in the Catholic Church. You know, there's Greek Catholic uh, right, there's, there's all sorts of Catholic rites, and I thought it was, frankly, a real crime against uh, the, the sort of heritage of those Christians that some of those traditions were, were sort of... Uh, Latinized. It's not just taking the liturgy and turning it into Latin. It's talking. I'm talking about physical violence, killing people. Yeah. I'm so I don't. I really don't know the history there. So I'm. I'm afraid I can't speak. Yeah, but I'm I think, you. I think killing is wrong. No, no. I'm talking <laughs> Especially about in context of evangelization. I'm talking about actually physical violence, killing people, burning their uh, homes, uh, burning their property, seizing their property. I'm talking about physical violence, not just emotional level violence. Yeah. So I'll so send if, you some you know, stuff. I will send you some stuff. If if that's if that's uh, you know the case, I have no problem saying that that's the wrong, wrong Good. thing to do. Uh, now, you know, it would have been wonderful if the church said, you know, those Goans went, those Portuguese went out of line. I mean, a lot of, I mean, after all, the Pope uh, apologizes for Catholic uh, problems with sexuality and abuse today. There's no, nothing wrong in apologizing. And the, the, it's not that the whole institution is tainted because certain people are doing wrong things. And the right thing is, correct thing is to apologize and distance yourself and close it. But the church, the Indians always remark whenever the Pope has visited or whenever a dignitary from the Catholic Church comes that, you know, why do they go around the world and apologize to all other non-Western, non-Christian people for the past wrongs, but not the Hindus, not the Indi people in India. And that's something I will send you some material because it's fair that you need, to, you need more data. I'll, I'll, I'd love to have your views on that.